Welcome to Here's a Solution, the podcast where talking about work doesn't have to feel like it. Presented by Emily Shandruck Solutions with your host, Emily Shandruck and Chelsea Lockstead. Now, are you ready to get real about the everyday workplace? Welcome to Here's a Solution, an extra special episode. Hey, Barbie. Hey, Barbie. You guessed it by the name. We are talking about the Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, directed by Greta Gerwig. So many incredible people. Um, So much incredible music. So much incredible music. I've been listening to that Lizzo song every morning, Pink, like the one that when she wakes up. It's Pink. Now Lizzo, not to sing. Lizzo's embroiled in a scandal, but that's yeah. another podcast. Episode. Yeah, we'll we'll podcast about Lizzo maybe when more more details come out. <laughs> yeah, but the song Epic. certified banger. Okay, like let's just start. So I think we should start by talking about how we saw the Barbie movie, both of us. Yeah. Um, because I actually did Barbenheimer. Right, which I didn't know was a thing until you explained it to me. Right, and yeah, so for any listeners that aren't sure what Barbenheimer is, so typically studios try to strategically place their movie release dates so that they don't have to compete with other like large blockbuster movies, especially in the summer. And so Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and Greta Gerwig's uh, Barbie movie were both set to come out uh, on the same day, which I'm just really quickly fact-checking. I believe it was July 21st. Yes. And neither of them would budge on that day. (laughs) So Oppenheimer, which is about the creation of the atomic bomb, and Barbie movie came out on the same day. And so it became this like internet trend to see both movies which is called Barbenheimer. So I went to the six o'clock showing of Oppenheimer, watched that, it is exactly three hours long, got out around like 9.15, and then we saw Barbie movie at 9.40. And it was like cinematic whiplash. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, I think it's, like again, not knowing anything about the Oppenheimer movie, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you watched it in the correct order. (laughs) Yeah, no, you definitely have to do it I think you have to start with Oppenheimer, especially with like, I don't know, I feel like there's like a metaphor to like a workout here where it's like you have to do the three hour one first yes. so that the hour and 50 long minute movie doesn't seem as long, you know? Yeah. And I just like, I just even think like about the, the whole, the tone of the movies and the themes of the movies. Again, knowing a trailer's worth of the first one you watched. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting. So there's already talk about how, so Robert Downey Jr. has a supporting role in Oppenheimer and people are already talking about how it's probably going to go between him and Ryan Gosling for best supporting actor at the Oscars. If they have an Oscars with the strike, I don't know how that's going to work. But Right. Yeah, we're, we're very much, I mean, I get this is a, a podcast about a very specific movie and there's a writer's strike and we're very much time capsuling <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. That would be an incredible like I'm just thinking about the Oscars or like any sort of the Academy Awards, any sort of just seeing those two pictures up from like Yeah, the juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, so okay. we saw Oppenheimer, I was with my two best friends, and then we went and saw Barbie movie in an absolutely packed theater. I bought my tickets for both films the night before 
and both theaters were like getting full. Um, we had good seats, but not like great seats. And in the Barbie movie, so me and my friends, we all wore pink. And I would say 99% of the theater was dressed in pink. Yeah, same with mine. Yeah. So that was my experience. So my experience, I went with my daughter, who is 10, my mom, who is 72, my sister-in-law, who's late 30s, (laughs) (laughs) her listening to this, (laughs) Um, and uh, my niece, who is seven. And I would say we we really ran the, the gamut of our level of Barbie love and experience. My niece, all she wanted for the last two birthdays, Christmas, anything was a Barbie. Mm-hmm. And and my mom was a Barbie fanatic growing up. That's surprising to me. I, I was going to ask you about like your childhood with Barbie. Well, but it's, yeah. So my mom, like my mom always talked about playing Barbies and had all the Barbies and and I grew up having Barbies and my dad and I, I will try to find a picture that we can include in the show notes or something to do with this, yes. with this podcast. But my dad built me the most beautiful, like I'm going to say almost five foot high wooden Barbie dream house. Aww. And it had like a winding staircase. It had a rooftop patio. Like it was amazing. And I'm pretty sure I turned it into a bookshelf. That's not bad. No, but it was like, I don't know. I talk about how I had a really hard time putting my Barbies to do things. And I still like struggle. Like when my daughter once wanted to play with stuffies, like I have a hard time making the stuffies say the thing. What I want to do is script a play. (laughs) Okay. Gotcha. You're the director. Yes. And be like, okay, so this is what everybody's going to do. It's control issues. Sure. sure. Something like that. Again, not the point of this podcast, (laughs) but, and then, so I would say like, I think between like my daughter, my sister-in-law and I, like, I think we were like in the middle, we had Barbie adjacent experience, but we were all in it. Like we were all like, absolutely. We're going to see this movie and Mm -hmm. we probably would have gone opening night or around there. It's just that my mom was out of town. Right. And so we wanted to wait until she was back in town. And we went to a 4.50 showing. So early. Really? And about almost a week after it opened and still bought my tickets online. Again, the theater was quite full when I even put, booked them online. And I would say for the actual movie, there was a few empty seats, but it was pretty packed. Mm-hmm. So a week later at, you know, a pretty early show. And I'd say we were about 50-50 with pink and not pink in the right, theater. Right. We were all decked out in of pink. Of course. My mom specifically with a pink satin bomber jacket, which I was like, I am stealing this. I'm later. obsessed with that. Yeah. In my head, I'm picturing, I know it's probably not this, but I'm picturing like the pink ladies jackets from Greece. Yes. Incredible. Essentially, it was that. Incredible. And, yeah. And my mom does it the way she does it. She thrifts it all. But she had Love like it. pink shoes, pink pants, pink the jacket. She even had gotten a pair of pink readers. Oh, so, yeah. No, it was it was it was pretty epic. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you talked about your childhood with Barbie a bit. So now I'll reflect on mine. So I had never really like reflected on my childhood and Barbie and all that. Like I had I had heard about like I think I definitely probably become a little critical of Barbie in my like older age. But thinking back on my childhood, actually, Barbie was a huge part of my childhood. My dad's ex-wife, who was a part of my entire childhood was obsessed with Barbie in her own right. 
And so I had a bunch of her Barbies from her childhood, but then she also collected Barbies. And so every so often we would pull the rubber maids out of the basement and just go through and like I would get to like hold the box. Oh, they'd still be in the box. They're still in the box. Okay. And she probably had like three rubbermaid totes of Barbies. Wow. In the box. Wow. Separate from the Barbies that I was allowed to actually play with. Okay. And I was also gifted a beautiful dollhouse by my parents. Or my grandparents, sorry, that my Barbies lived in. And I think for me, like, as an only child, I was the one playing with, like, all the Barbies. You know, like, there wasn't another kid there acting out a Barbie. So, yeah, right. I had, like, soap opera level um, <laughs> stories for these for these Barbies. Did I, you have a Ken or did you bring in the G.I. Joes? I, so this is what we did. I did have one or two Kens, but so like I had a big Rubbermaid with all my Barbies. If I pulled out a Barbie and she was naked, if she didn't have a dress on, I used that as a boy. Oh, (laughs) Um, yeah, very ahead of my time. (laughs) So yeah, so I had, but it was so true. Like I did not care about the Kens. Like I think I had one or two Ken dolls and I didn't even need them. I didn't care about them. I remember using my brother's G.I. Joes. Like, Makes the sense. few times I'd play. It made sense, except for the G.I. Joes were, like, half the height of Barbie. Right. So, which is interesting, and, like, maybe we'll get to this, but, I mean, I'm 5'8", mm-hmm. not necessarily short. Yeah. And, and again, so I played with Barbie and G.I. Joe, and, and it, like, again, you're playing. They're like, let's go to, let's go to the farmer's market yeah. or whatever I was doing. <laughs> and it never like struck me as odd that he was just a short kid. He was just a short person. And so growing, growing up, getting into my dating years, I always was struck by like any guy who was either my height or maybe a little bit shorter, who was like, mm, can you not wear heels when we go out? I was like, why? This is not what G.I. Joe said to Barbie. <laughs> he never shamed her for being taller. See, I was into, like, I, it had to be realistic for me. Like, so in my childhood, like, Bratz dolls were a thing. Okay. Which were kind of made in, like, reaction to Barbie. Right. But they were, like, whereas Barbie is, like, made to be, like, pro- this is in quotations, people, proportionate to a real-life woman. Right. <laughs> um, like, Bratz dolls, like, their heads were, like, cartoonishly, like, large. Yeah, like all eyes, that. But, yeah. And that bothered me. I was, like... And this no, 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 no. It has to be Barbies. I actually wasn't allowed to play with brats either. I did not have strict parents in any way, shape, or form. But with, when it came to brats, I was not allowed to play with them. Yeah, brats were never on my radar. They like the kids I babysat. Yeah, brats. So yeah, and I always was like, why? Yeah, my parents didn't like the name. Yeah, didn't like. They were a little scantily clad. I always felt like too like for the age and and this is one thing like I always noticed on my Barbies like they weren't ever there wasn't ever like a ton of makeup yeah the brats were heavily makeup and you know what I don't know if you picked up on this but in the Barbie movie so America Ferreira's daughter Sasha in that scene where Barbie meets her in the school her friends are named like Sasha Chloe Jasmine and I forget the other one is but those are the brats names oh really yeah (laughs) so they're all named after the brats well played Mattel yes yes I bet Mattel probably owns brats now too Probably. Yeah. Okay, we've talked about our Barbie experiences. Yep. Our entry into the Barbie So cinema. let me ask you just quick, really yeah. quick. So when you had a daughter, mm-hmm. were you good to buy her Barbie? You weren't, you didn't have any... No, and, and I mean, dear listeners, so growing up with my formative teen years in the 90s, 
I mean, that's when Kate Moss and the, in quotes, heroin chic thinness mm-hmm. was in. Everything was thin. Our our bodies were supposed to be thin. Your eyebrows. <laughs> and it was like, you know, YM magazine and 17. And it was all about like how to have your beach ready bod and things like that. So to me, Barbie was never, I never saw her as problematic as far as her image. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when they talked about it in the movie, I was like, yeah, like Barbie could be anything. Mm-hmm. She could be a doctor, an astronaut, a equestrian Olympian, like literally every job on earth she could have. I think because my daughter just gravitated towards stuffies mm-hmm. when she was gifted a doll. Again, it was like if you see the beginning of the movie, it was <laughs> a, a baby, baby doll. doll. Yeah. Even she didn't really like was like, oh, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, like, we weren't like, don't forget your baby. Right, <laughs> Like, yeah. we didn't really promote that either. And so, again, she she will play with her stuffies, and she loves, like, the animals and that type of play. So maybe because she didn't tend towards it, and she wasn't, even when she'd go over to friends' houses, like, she'd go over to her cousins, and her cousin had a lot of Barbies, and they'd kind of play. Mm-hmm. But she's, like, she'd never asked for one. Right. So, okay. I was just yeah. curious about that, yeah. But that beginning of the movie, where it is the... Oh, the parody of uh, uh, 2001? Yeah. Space Odyssey? It really, like, it really honestly made me think that, okay, yeah, like, as little... I'm not even going to say little girls, but as children, you're often gifted a, a baby. Yeah, I never, th- I never thought about that, that right? you were playing mom. Yeah. Or dad, or, like, let's play yeah. family. Like, but the whole idea ideas the movie talks about with Barbie is that it was the first like there was an interesting thing I just read Barbie could be anything but she was really never a mom mm-hmm. like the whole Midge being oh my god Barbie we have to talk about Midge yes. okay I had the Midge doll so when I was little I was again I was an only child maybe that was part of it I don't know I was obsessed with like pregnant women and babies. And so, and I would watch a baby story on TLC. Oh. Um, <laughs> very weird. And so I was given the Midge doll. And I remember, so my parents were separated. My mom gave me the Mitch doll. My dad did not like the Mitch doll. He thought it was weird. And she had a little like magnetic pregnancy belly that, so she was a regular Barbie. She had like a regular stomach. And then there was this clip on magnetic stomach and a little like baby like naked baby that would like you would like put it in the belly viewers you can't see me or listeners you can't see me doing this but like you put it in the belly and then it would clip onto her stuff right they showed a picture of it at the end of the movie because you had kind of mentioned it yeah and then I was like waiting for it and I was like that is bizarre yeah and, and I love how they were like I thought we discontinued that and it was and then I read into it there was huge backlash because there's not like a most people think of Barbie as like even though she's meant to be an adult, mm-hmm. people think of her as 16, 17 oh, for sure. years old. Yeah. And so, and then Midge was actually married. She had a husband. You could buy that Kendall who did no one, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they didn't come together or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so like early 2000s, America was like, you're selling a underage single pregnant mother doll, right. which fast forward to 2023. It's like, well, I'm not going to get into the political reasons why she might be unwed and pregnant. Yeah. But I was told, and again, I didn't look at her, but like 
again. Not that this means anything, but they did put a wedding band on her. And then they had to, they made it bigger. They made it thicker. (laughs) (laughs) Like, increase the size of her wedding ring. And then they just... I think they put a little sticker on the box. Look, it's fine. Yeah. And then, and then she was discontinued altogether. Oh my God. But I loved my Midge doll. And I, but I gave her a different name because I hated the name Midge. So now let's talk about the movie. Yeah. So again, it really opened my eyes when it was like, no, but Barbie could be anything. And they never pigeonholed her to be just a mom or just one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, which really speaks to my... ADHD, serial entrepreneurial brain. Cause it's like, I get it. Yeah. I want to do all the things I want to own three businesses and still be a working mom. And I keep saying working mom. How many people say working dads? Anyway, <laughs> oh, a whole other podcast, but I like, I get it. But then I also get as the movie kind of portrays like, that's really hard. Like, and we're tired. Yeah. We're <laughs> really tired. And sometimes I just think of, <laughs> think about things. <laughs> Do you guys ever think about dying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My one critique of the movie is, and again, viewers or listeners, sorry, just to give everyone a little context. I grew up in a household that, like, my dad hated Disney. He, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to wear, like, brand name clothes. He was very anti-consumerism. And so my one critique of the movie is obviously it is produced by Mattel. Mattel is like notoriously known for being extremely protective of like the Barbie image and extremely litigious. And so my critique is that Mattel was trying to have the best of both worlds in that they were trying to be very subversive and self-critical of like, like that Sasha character talks about like your Barbie fuels, like rampant consumerism and there's millions of Barbies laying in landfills across the world and all of that. And that's all true. And so the audience is like, give a round of applause for Mattel for being so self-aware. But at the same time, before the movie started playing at my showing, they're playing all these commercials for the Barbie merchandise <laughs> tie-in with Target. For sure. You know, they do, they want to have that message in the movie and be like patted on the back for that. And they are also going to make $1 billion in merch. Oh, 100%. You know, so I can't help but like be critical of that. But as I'm like in the theater, like fighting that, just have fun. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, and, and I think that's a huge part. Like you can be entertained you can love the messaging. You can, as I did, relate and almost want to get the entire America Ferrera soliloquy tattooed on, <laughs> on your back. back. Just the entire Just, thing on right? your back. Just like, yeah, there's so much about it that I did want to stand up and applaud. But then I was also like, remember, it's it's a movie. It does have that underlying, you know, consumerism. But, you know, so much of it spoke to what I want my daughter to think about. Mm -hmm. I, again, like the people that are saying it's anti-men or male. They're They're missing the point. They're so missing the point. It's anti-patriarchy. And the fact that, you know, when my friend took her daughter, who's basically the exact same age as my daughter, when they left the theater and she turned to her mom and said, mom, do you ever feel like that? Aw. Right? And, And my friend was like, yeah, like almost every day. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But also to see that hope in that 
patriarchy and all these things that are going they're not good for women, but they're not good for men. Exactly. They're not good for non-binary. They're not good for whichever, like, they're just not good. Yeah. Forget about the horses and the fur cones. <laughs> it does. It's stifling people's creativity. It's 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 making people feel like it's unsafe to have mental health. Yeah. Like, conversations and topics and things. Even my daughter, when we were leaving it, she, she asked me, like, what do they mean patriarchy? And so I got to have a conversation with mm-hmm. her about that, like what it actually means and what it's not men. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and just like to make it like clear, like the movie, the movie is not saying at the end of the movie, the point is that they're not going to go back to how Barbie world was before exactly. with the Kens living in like the analogy of women in the real world. Right. You know, it's like, they're not saying like, that's what, like at first that's what it is, but then it evolves past it evolves past them just wanting to return to like their status quo. Yeah, I mean, for Barbie to say to Ken, not every night needs to be girls' night. Like, yeah, she's recognizing that it wasn't working great before either. Mm-hmm. But that together, having open and honest conversations, mm-hmm. you know, the pendulum swings one way, the pendulum swings the other way. But like, maybe it can just like hang out in the middle exactly, for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> one of the I was I didn't realize that America Frere was in it until like right before I saw it. But um so when I was growing up, my mom and I were obsessed with the show Ugly Betty, which is kind of like where America Ferrera really took off. And we would watch it, I think it was like every Wednesday, and we basically watched from like the first season till the end. And it was like a huge like this. So this was going on when um, my mom got together with like her her husband, so my stepdad, and it was kind of like every Wednesday, like that was like our time, you know. And so then on when we were watching it, and America Ferrera was that role, like it was like so. It brought up like a little nostalgia and sentimentality, um, just because it was her like specifically, yeah. you know. Um, so that was sweet, and I didn't expect it. So I never watched Ugly Betty. But I watched America Ferrera in Superstore. Right. I, but I was a couple seasons behind. So I got to go on to, I think, Netflix, whatever it mm-hmm. was on. Um, and, like, I, I binged it. And I love her character on that yeah. show. Yeah. I was like... And so I, it almost felt like a progression of that character to me. But, yeah, I think everything she does is I also phenomenal. loved America Ferrera in The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, yes. Growing up... Yeah, I think that was the character in that movie that I related to most. So I just love her. Absolutely. Just love her. I Um, hope she wins for best supporting something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so back to what I was saying, though, was I think the all-out standout of the cast, though, has to be Ryan Gosling. Absolutely. Like... Absolutely. Is there a better... He's Ken. He is. He's just Ken. Yeah. (laughs) It was funny. Scrolling Instagram not too long ago... There was um, a photo of Draco Malfoy. Oh, Draco, Draco Malfoy. Malfoy. Yeah. Oh my God, every Harry Potter person is like screaming, um, <laughs> especially my daughter. Yeah, they had a picture of Draco Malfoy beside Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm really upset I didn't get my call back because he literally looks like him. Right. Yeah. But no, he was phenomenal. And I, I everything from the the mannerisms i can't believe he sang that song mm-hmm. like he was really good he was really good yeah yeah i have a friend whose last name is knuff and i really <laughs> want him to get the i am knuff sweater <laughs> is it spelled like that there's no e oh okay but i like I, i've been really meaning to send it to him and be like 
you are Knuff. <laughs> yeah, what else what else do you have to say about the Barbie movie? Can we just like call out some of our favorite parts really quick? Spoiler alert too, by the way, if you haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, we'll put a big spoiler alert at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of this podcast. I mean, I was really happy you wanted to talk about it and I, I wanted to talk about the movie and like what it meant to us. I mean, I think there's so many things we could relate it back to all the other podcasts and everything we talk about, just about like having difficult conversations and, you know, <laughs> workplace <laughs> conflict. Um, but but I just think in general, like when she goes to first meet what they call weird Barbie. <laughs> and and like to me it was you know, they were like, oh, you're having this issue. Yeah, just go see Weird Barbie. And it kind of reminded me of, like, going to talk to, like, HR. Yeah. Or, or somebody like us in a position where, yeah, like, come talk to us about your problems. And I loved the care with which Weird Barbie, you know, <laughs> she tried to give Barbie, like, a choice. <laughs> but then she was like, no, no, there's no choice. You Like, you have to do the hard work. And it's true for life, right? Like... She was like, do you want the high heel or do you want the Birkenstocks? Yeah. And Barbie was like, mm-hmm, I'll take the heels. And it's like, okay, I get that it seemed like you were supposed to have a choice, but no, you have to do the work. And I feel like it's just so true for life. Like, yeah. you could try to avoid conflict. You could try to avoid the difficult conversations. You can try to avoid doing the work. It's just going to make it worse. You're going to have to pick the Birkenstocks at some yeah. point. <laughs> so true. So true. You strike me as the type of person that did not have a weird Barbie. I could not see you, like, no. drawing or cutting the hair of a Barbie. Absolutely not. <laughs> I got every Christmas, I would get the, um, like, that holiday Barbie. <gasps> oh, I always just loved seeing her. I never wanted her, but I loved and her. And then the one year I cut that Barbie's hair and no more holiday Barbies. Because <gasps> they were, like, almost $100, oh, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. They had, like, velvet gowns. Yes. They were just, like, made. They were prettier. Their hair was nicer. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of their <laughs> So, I was getting my nails done the other day, and I was talking about the movie with my nail tech, and she was telling me, for her, the missed opportunity in the movie was, you know, when they were putting Barbie back in the box, and they were trying to, like, tighten yeah. her little, like, bands? You know how, like, Barbie's hair used to be almost, like, stapled to the box? I don't remember that. Okay. I remember that, and she remembers that. I think she's, like, in between us for ages. Okay. And she said she would have loved it to see, like, when Barbie goes to, like, jump out, but for her hair to kind of get stuck. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. I wholeheartedly recommend this, and I kind of want to go back, and I kind of want to take my son, or I will make him watch it at some point, maybe when he could understand it a little bit more. I mean, at eight years old, it's probably a little over his head. But for all the people out there that are like, oh, it's anti-men or it's not true to Barbie. Like, that just makes me so mad because it's like sometimes when you watch media, you actually have to like think about it a little bit right? to understand it. Like yeah. it's not like they're going to stand on this screen and be like, just in plain words, like men and women should just be equal. I, I highly recommend if you're skeptical, if you're like, mm, I haven't heard great things, just go and check it out. Like yeah. I think the message is so good. Yes, I, I and agree. The fashion. And yeah, for just 30 seconds, if we could just talk about, I'm like a huge nerd for like practical effects and like practically made movies. I hate not to be like a movie snob in any way, but like I hate 
like CG can be used well, don't get me wrong, but like I hate like all these movies that are just like an entire green screen for like a scene in like an office, you know? Right. And so like all of like Barbie has like the painted illusion backgrounds, you know, where like like the ocean. Like yes. that's actually when they were filming that, like that's a backdrop that someone painted by hand to make the illusion of the flippant ocean in the background, you know, like the Barbie hosts were real. Like yeah. that was an actual set and Margot Robbie was on like a harness getting lifted yeah. down from it. You know? Good for the one time she fell. Yeah. <laughs> when she, that scene of her, I don't know if you read this online, that scene in the beginning where she um, steps out of the heels. Yes. That she did that. <laughs> like just, it was just the, the set design, the costumes were incredible. Oh. Epic. The toe scene that you're talking about, when that came out in a trailer, Chrissy Teigen had it all over her Instagram. She's like, I want to know everything about this scene. Yeah. Was she holding onto a bar? Mm-hmm. Was she on her tippy toes? Like, I want to know how they made this. And like, she was just like, stand up applauding it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that Helen Mirren was the narrator. Oh, gosh. Um, so good. I realized immediately about that scene with uh, Rhea Perlman. And, like, the mm. twist is that she's, like, Ruth Handler. I kind of thought that that's where that was going right away. Loved that. Just that one song that, like, when it plays, like, all the scenes of, like, the women in, like, the home videos. Like, yes. Ooh. Incredible. Tears. Yeah. Tears. Just sobbing. Yeah. Yeah, I cried three times during that movie. Wow. The first time was when Barbie sat down to that lady, with sat down beside that lady at the bus stop and just turned to her and just said, you're beautiful. And the woman is older <clears throat> and and I just started crying and I know it and they wanted to cut that scene because the movie is a little long not like not in a way sorry that like we would pick up on but like yeah the studio wanted to cut it down and uh Greta Gerwig was like that movie sums up the purpose of the entire movie 100% like that, that she fought for it and they they kept it in I think too what I what I take away is like my favorite thing about this movie is that like you have Audrey watching it who's 10 years old and she's going to take it one way mm-hmm. and you have me who's 23 years old and I'm going to take it a different way and you are in your 40s and you're gonna take a different thing from it you know like for me what I really took away from it was that like I'm at that age where it's like, yeah, like my childhood is done, you know, and like that's behind, you know, and, and being like kind of in that middle of like, like it's very much like a big thing right now where people talk about being like, I'm a 23 year old teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, my, my mom looked at it as both her youth and how far we've come and maybe a little bit how far we've slid back on a few things, but no, I, I believe it's, like, I heard some people were upset about some of the content, but, like, my seven-year-old niece was there, and I think it was completely appropriate for her. Oh, yeah. No, that is... And, like, full disclosure, I'm coming from, like, a childhood of people being like, well, The Simpsons is a cartoon, <laughs> so she could watch it. Right. But, like, I was... It was fine. And you know what? If you're going to take your kid to a movie and you're not going to do some research before and you're not going to see that it's rated PG-13, like, she that's on you. Yep. Yeah. You, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just to sum it up, that one line, and again, like, I'm not a mom, but that line where it's like, us mothers stand back so our daughters can see how far we come. Oh, my God. <laughs> my mom grabbed my hand and we were both just sobbing. Yeah. Sobbing. For me, it was that very, very last line. Oh. From America Ferrera saying, oh, I'm so mind. tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all that is also true for a doll just representing women, 
then I don't even know. Yeah. For me, it was actually the last line. I'm here to see my gynecologist. Because <laughs> I was I was getting annoyed because I was like, she's going to go work at Mattel. Like, I, that's what they're setting you up to oh, think purposely. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so lame. No, she's just getting a pap smear. I love it. Yeah. Well, on that note. On that note, ladies, book a pap smear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. Thank you for listening to Here's a Solution, presented by Emily Shandruck Solutions. This podcast is hosted by Emily Shandruck and Chelsea Lockstead. Editing and sound engineering by Nick Donati. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever you love to listen. And if you would like, you can follow us on Facebook at Emily Shandruck Solutions, on Instagram at Solution Boss. And if you have a question or a situation you'd like us to discuss on the show, send us a DM or email us at podcast at emilyshandrucksolutions.com. Shandruck is S-H-A-N-D-R-U-K. For more information, visit emilyshandrucksolutions.com.